You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 476. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. Uh, it is uh, July 4th, and uh, as David knows, it's. I would not rank it in my uh, favorite <laughs> holidays. Yeah, and why is that, Tim? Is that is that because you're not a patriot? Um, I actually I don't consider myself really a patriot, but uh, I hate fireworks. I don't mind yeah. the big ones when you go somewhere and you sit there and you watch all the fireworks and they play the same corny patriotic songs and it looks really pretty in the sky. And then you go home. What I can't stand is, um, you know, cats clawing at my <laughs> chair. What I can't stand is. The home, or you know, the, the ones that they do yeah. at home, you know, and I posted this on Facebook because I found it ironic that it's a popular thing here in the U.S. right now to blame the Biden administration for high gas prices. I don't know how Biden set gas prices in Australia and Germany and France and the U.K. as well, but somehow it's his fault. Uh, um, well, apparently he <laughs> he told Putin to invade Ukraine. Yep. He also calls the COVID pandemic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the things that have affected energy. Yes. Apparently, he did personally. Yeah. 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 But, anyways, um, those people complain about gas prices incessantly, and yet they're the ones spending, you know, five to a thousand dollars on fireworks. Yeah. Um, and uh, and ammunition and all the other things that people got to have. Yeah. A few of them buy yep. new white hoods. It's nice. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's not my favorite holiday. And, you know, it freaks our dogs out. The cats aren't happy about it. Some of the fireworks are just literally house-shaking. They're so loud. Well, so And it goes until 1 yeah. in the morning. Yeah, it's because when people go out, the sort of people who want to go out and buy fireworks are going, oh, I want the biggest, most expensive firework you've got. Every firework party I've ever been to where people have done it at home, it's the same thing. Somebody will come out with something that looks like it's come from a war zone. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, yeah, this the guy sold me this from out the back. You know, this one's not strictly legal. Um, and it is. It is literally a some sort of mortar. Yeah. Um, ridiculously stupid. And, yeah, the bigger and louder and more impressive the explosion it is the bet the better they like it and if they can buy five of those and set them all off one after the other even better yep and they can yep. do their <laughs> clapping yeah. Their yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyways yeah look what i did i spent money on a thing somebody built yeah um <laughs> yeah in a slave shop in china good job yeah america <laughs> um years past i've tried different things to jam into my ear but i don't care how good the earplugs are you're going to hear fireworks yeah i tried something new last night i grabbed my um apple i i pair i the pros the ones that go in your ear what do you call them the airpod pro airpod pro i don't know why that just doesn't want to come out so I have a pair. I think I talked about them here on the show a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago. It was a sale at Costco. They actually delivered it to me the same day. It was kind of awesome. Yeah. Got them mm-hmm. for a great price, too. And with you know delivery, I didn't have to go anywhere. They were here two hours later. And I thought, you know what? They have noise canceling. But more importantly, they fit in my ear, and I can play music. 
So I went to bed with these on. I had to use my, I have two different pillows. I have a soft pillow and a hard pillow. And it depends on the night, but you know, I can't use these with a hard pillow. I can use them with a soft pillow. Mm -hmm. So I put these on and it completely blocked all the noise out. Every now and then I thought I might have heard something, but I didn't know if it was the music or not. Yep. And I remember growing up listening to music and I, it would, I would fall asleep. I can't fall asleep really well anymore listening to music. And I even tried to play classic stuff that I, you know, I don't really have to listen to because I've heard it yep. so many times. I played Purple Rain. That didn't, that didn't go over well for a while. Then I went to uh, Metallica, the Black Album. <clears throat> no, that's that's not what you listen to when you're trying to fall asleep. So then I listened to uh, Star Wars: A New Hope, the soundtrack. Once you get past the blary, you know, stuff at mm-hmm. the beginning, it's actually quite relaxing. But yeah, it pretty much blocked out the uh, firework sounds until about one o'clock in the morning when I had to get back up to use the bathroom. And now it's about two o'clock, and there was no fireworks going off at that point. Yeah, it's a shame you can't get a set <clears throat> for the dogs. I can, but the duct tape kind of rips their fur, you know, <laughs> when you're pulling them off afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and she doesn't like a lot of the music that I have. So. No, <laughs> she's going. We've got no dog to drag. <laughs> yeah, it's our dog. Just she does not like fireworks. She just. No. Wants to get as close to you as possible, and she pants. Yeah. And um, it's funny. Our, our, it, it, it just depends. Our dog has never, never, ever been bothered by fireworks, just signals, and you know. But. Well, I mean, that's because you guys are a very violent family, constantly shooting off guns and banging and things. Well, 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 that's it. Yeah, I guess. Guess screaming at your neighbors, and you know. Yeah, I think that's yeah, what it is. It's the neighbors who scream. <laughs> So what's going on over there? What's going on in the tech world? Uh, what's going on in the tech world? Um, so Alexander has been volunteering at the local science museum, which has been quite interesting. Hmm. So uh, he's um, he's finished his university course for this year. So he's got the whole summer ahead of him. And we, um, we said, well, you need to get a job and you need to um, do a few things. So you're not just spending the whole summer lying in bed playing video games that's what, we, that's what we did with Felix by the way <laughs> uh, and he's still spending quite a lot of time lying in bed playing video games don't yeah. get me wrong well that's cool uh, yeah um, so uh, he's he's got a job which he's starting in a couple of weeks time he's going to be working security at the local airport nice um, because um, they, <laughs> it's been a big scandal over here because all the UK airports when COVID hit we, we, they set up a, a furlough scheme so that people could be kept on and the government would pay most of their wages um, so that after COVID was finished, they wouldn't be out of a job. And the government spent billions on that. And our airline and airport industries, who all use subcontractors, said, ah, we're not doing that. So they just fired everyone. <laughs> Funny nice. enough. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, when things start to pick up again and COVID covid was receding and all of a sudden people started traveling again a lot of those people most of those people had gone out and got other jobs because you know they needed money over covid and so 
funnily enough, people aren't flocking back to handle bags and do security at the airports. So uh, Alexander applied to do it, and uh, he will be starting in a couple of weeks. Are you looking uh, forward to it? He is kind of looking forward to it. I think he he has he has an interest with the airline industry anyway. Um, and um, I don't know if baggage handler is. Yeah, he's not. No, he's not baggage handling. He will be work. He's basically he's a security. What they call the security ambassador. So he's the guy walking along the lines, going because oh. we don't have we don't have TSA here. So he's the guy walking along security lines, going. Please remember to take your laptops out, your bags, take your Kindles, take your iPads all of that sort of thing and kind of helping to shepherd the lines and probably dealing with a few irate passengers as well. Um, a few? So, so, huh? Huh? A few? A few, yeah. Just one or two. Um, most of them are pretty cool with it, but there's just one or two like me. If I'm going through that, I'm going to give him some, <laughs> give him some crap. I'll give him the you. what for? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he's doing that, but he's also been volunteering at the local, uh, the Manchester Science and Industry Museum, they have a um, a weekend special event that's running through the summer, which is called Power Up. Um, there's a link in the show notes for this, but it's quite, it's kind of cool. It's basically it's a hands-on retro gaming exhibition um, that they've done before. So uh, they basically have hundreds of different video games that everyone gets to come in and play. You uh, you pay to get into this temporary exhibition, but they have the whole history of video games effectively there and then then represented by um by actual consoles you can play the games on that's cool and he's been he's been doing shifts on there actually kind of helping out um helping people with the games tell them how to play them doing a little bit of technical support he said the first week he was there he said he said uh because I before he'd started it, I said, oh, well, you've been doing technical support. He says, no, they have tech people to do that. And then the, the first week he was there, he came back. He said, well, one of the consoles stopped working. And so I went and got another one. Atari Jaguar. <laughs> Atari Jaguar packed up. You know, who, what a surprise. A 30-year-old console. It might not might not work all the time. No. So he, he just said, we went and got another one. And I kind of thought to myself, I'm kind of jealous they have a whole load of Atari Jaguars there. They can swap them out. They're expensive, actually. The Jaguar exactly. is uh, not a cheap console to get. Exactly. I thought to myself, mm, maybe you could grab me one. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's been doing that, and he's been really enjoying it. And he says the, um, you know, the enthusiasm a lot of people have for these old games, he says it's not just um, kind of, you know, people with nostalgia, older people like us who remember these games. He says there's a lot of young kids going in there and, in, and in enjoying these games, many of them for the first time. Because let's face it, modern games are not the simple walk-up, no. play-for-five-minutes things they used to be. No, not at all. And that it, number one, the, the technology wasn't there to go too deep. But, you know, especially with the coin-op coin stuff, you had to catch someone immediately. Within the first 30 seconds, you had to make sure that whoever's playing knows how to play the game. It's very basic rules. You do this, do this, yep. and this is the reward. And then make it somewhat addictive, so you put another quarter in to play again. Rinse and repeat. You yeah. know? Um, that sounds like a lot of fun for him, though. He's, he's really... I mean, it's like, it's, like, it's like being made in heaven. It's a, the kind of perfect job for him, really. If he could get paid for it, he'd probably do it full-time. What did, um, does, has he said which is his favorite old council? After seeing so has, many and stuff? Uh, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I, I think he's relatively busy. Um, so I don't think he has had a lot of time to actually look at the games himself. I think he's just kind of 
fairly busy walking around, making sure people don't have a problem and guiding people around and that sort of thing. It's quite a big space. So um, I don't think he's really had time to kind of take in the games himself yet. Um, he's only been doing it in a couple of weeks, but uh, but yeah, he's enjoying it. So, that, so that, that's something he does every Saturday. Speaking uh, of um, cool. video games, but it's more than that. Um, this last month marked the 50th anniversary of Atari. Uh, yeah. They started in, obviously, 1972. And, or no, uh, yeah, 1972. And um, Pong, or Space Wars was their very first game. And then they came out with Pong. And it wasn't until, you know, five years later that they came out with a, a home console, the computer, and what was it, the VCS? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. we call it the 2600. We didn't, yeah. it wasn't called the 2600 back no, then. It was just called the VCS. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And, you know, that was a, even more so than Pong and their arcade stuff, the home video game console that you can play different games on the same piece of hardware was game literally without a pun intended was game changing it it created an industry that simply did not exist they had home yeah. stuff at the time a bunch of, there was i just remember going to sears because that was kind of where you went to get electronics back in the 70s in part of the beginning of the 80s anyways but it was all a bunch of pong clones you yeah. know they call it different things but it was all pong it was exact it's computer tennis. It's TV tennis. It's, you know, ping yeah, pong. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had one, but um, yeah, the idea was it was a it was a dedicated piece of hardware yeah. that turned your TV into a pong console. Yeah, uh, and that's all it did. That that's um, it. It was a, um, one piece of kit. That was it. Yeah, but then what happened is that VCS the VCS came along, and then you had something you connected to the TV, but you could use a cartridge to play loads of different games, um, and uh, and it <laughs> it came bundled with combat which actually had about 50 different games on it it was actually a really i mean i played a lot of combat um the only problem with combat had, is you couldn't play one player yeah but uh, it had a lot of really great uh multiplayer games in it um different ones there was plane games there was tank games there was but they were all Siva. the same well, they were they were variations, well, we, but, the but is, we used our imagination to to change. I mean, the airplanes were way faster than the plotting tanks. You know, there wasn't <laughs> barriers with the planes; there were just clouds, and you yeah. could have one plane or up to three planes, and it, it was it was different. Definitely, it was cool. Yeah. Pong no, was I, I re- the first multiplayer. The, yeah, or I remember Pong, the gr- well, Pong was, yeah. but. The great thing about combat was they had a mode which had tanks, but it kind of combined it with Pong because the uh, the shells you would fire from the tanks would bounce around the level. Yep. And you're playing two-player, and it was like a maze. And so you were trying to just basically bounce a shot round to hit hit the opponent. Yeah. It was, it was such fun. It, it was. It really was. Yeah. Yep. It, it, I remember when we got it, I took it to my grandparents' house for Christmas. And, and I'm sure I've told the story before, but that, you know, Everybody gathered around and took turns, and yeah, it was probably the only time that we used the uh, not the joysticks but the other controllers. What do you call those? Yeah. The round ones, paddle, the, uh, the paddle yeah, the controllers. Paddles, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I always thought was a weird name because it really wasn't a paddle, but whatever. Um, yeah, I think I think it was because actually pong was meant to be table tennis correct. rather than real tennis. Correct. And so you used a a paddle to play table tennis. Yep. 
Yeah. It was a it was a very innovative game console, no question about it. And then you got the Intellivision, the ColecoVision, and the, eventually the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, yeah. which, by the way, purposely eschewed the name video games. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there was that big. There was the big crash. Big crash. Yeah. Yeah, of '83. But a lot of people, uh, when they think of Atari, though, they they think of the video games, but they were really, really early into home video ga- or home computers as well. Yeah. You know, they had, what, two or three home video games or home uh, computers within the first, yeah, what, probably 80, 81, 82, somewhere in there. Yeah. That were pretty anemic and, you know, but they have and still have to this day a, a huge fan base, relatively yeah. speaking. I always, I always wanted uh, an Atari computer. I always thought they looked really good. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, you look back on them, they kind of, they were like... Um, Variation. They. I mean, the, the the Atari ones looked a little bit like the Apple II. They did. Um, and they had. To, I remember they had two ones. They had one with a, a like a, um, a membrane keyboard. Yeah, and then it was they awful. Had one with a the that was the four hundred, I think, and then they had the eight hundred that was the uh, that was the one with the full kind keyboard. But these were all these were all based on in internally. They were all based on broadly the same hardware. Mm-hmm. So the, the you know the four hundred and the eight hundred were kind of improved versions of the VCS hardware and then the later ones as they did new newer consoles they they um they brought home computers out. and it was really home computers that started to to do for the video game industry because all of a sudden people said right well video games are great but I want to be able to do you got to remember at this time nobody had a computer yeah so uh, all of a sudden people said well I'd like to do my checkbook I'd like to do word processing and stuff like that and a personal computer that can do that and play video games is more interesting to me than just a console that plays video games i had exactly this conversation in my house Uh, i wanted a vcs um when it launched in britain it came bundled with space invaders Mm. um and of course space invaders was the gigantic yeah i mean it was the next big game after pong but it dwarfed pong i mean it was a a real cultural phenomenon and in and and in the uk it was bundled with the vcs version of space invaders and the vcs version of space invaders unlike pac-man and some of the other games that came on the vcs was actually a pretty good implementation yeah it was really good yeah yeah, it didn't. It didn't look the same. The art style was different, but actually, in the way it played, the it gameplay was, was identical. It was, yeah, exactly. It was identical, and it was. Yeah. Uh, I remember playing Space Invaders in the arcade, and I would grow frustrated because I wasn't very good. Um, but when I got the uh, VCS cart of Space Invaders, man, I, I remember playing it to death and thinking that my skills here is going to translate to the arcade, and it totally didn't same thing with julie and Brittany many years ago playing we bowling over yeah. and over and they thought we can actually go play bowling now and they did and they yeah it made no difference yeah. um very different, yeah. yeah very different but they were yeah. convinced that now that they get the angles and all that they're going to be better at it yeah they they weren't um no. <laughs> but yeah. i was the same thing with space invaders you know I, yeah. I got good at it i can clear four or five boards I, i'm gonna go drop a quarter at the laundromat where they had a space invaders and no i didn't get past the first board yeah um so i wanted a vcs and so i said to my parents said i like an atari and my dad said oh well you know i've seen the paper that the there's this company called sinclair that's selling a computer 
Um, and the and the, the it was the ZX eighty one, which yep. was the first big home hand uh, home computer in the UK. Um, and you know Sinclair really knew how to get things down to a price, and it was a fully working black and white home computer um, for about se- I think it was seventy pounds. Yeah, um, which, which is... was still a lot. It was still a lot of money back back then, but sure. it was less than it was less than the VCS, um, and. Um, you know, my dad said, well, you, know, so you can do programming stuff on this as well as just play video games. In fact, I think he was hoping I could only do programming on it and I wouldn't be able to play video games. Yeah. Uh, and so he, so we got that instead. And, you know, that kind of got me into into tech in a way that, that maybe if I just, just got a VCS, it wouldn't have done. I don't know. We did get a VCS later on. We got one in our, uh, we spend our summers in the, in Florida and we got one over there. And um, we, we played the heck out. I mean... <laughs> The video game crash was great for us because we bought the VCS after the crash, which means we got it cheap and we could also get cartridges for it cheap. I remember so we had bins, loads and loads of games. There was a mall. There was a mall here in Battle Creek. Still, it's still there, but I mean, it's really quite sad right now. Um, <clears throat> although they're putting a couple stores in that might wake it up a little bit. Uh, anyways, KB's Toy Store was the big toy store in the mall, and they were kind of the last toy store because toys r us wasn't in the mall uh to hold on to doing video game stuff and i remember i remember them kb toy and hobby yep and i remember they would have bins practically outside the store i mean like get it even outside the store just out somewhere maybe somebody was stealing we'll get lucky um full of one to five dollar video games and i remember picking up pole position for a dollar Wow. Yeah, and I, that that was such a fun game on the Atari. I loved pole position in the arcade, especially the sit-down one, but I, again, I sucked at it. I loved playing it. I sucked at it. Yeah. Um, but the one that... It, I, something about the box, This it had a silver box, I remember. Yeah, I remember... In fact, I was just about to say, there was... I remember one of the things that about the Atari was that there were some games that were really, really good... And really, and particularly a lot of the arcade conversions were actually quite, for the, given how limited the VCS was, they were quite amazing how much they delivered. Um, yeah. Pole Position was one of them. I remember the Battlezone game they had on the, yeah. on the VCS was excellent. Um, you know, uh, and, and yeah, there were a few others which really were great. And then there was a couple of the independent... Um, it's funny you mentioned make, that because yeah. I was about to go there that... Yeah. It was the VCS in a court case that Activision won that allowed yeah. outside companies to make video games for the Atari. If that wasn't yeah. the case, if they would have, if Activision would have lost that, and look, Activision's a, a huge company now. Yeah, um, has almost nothing to do with the company that they were when they founded. No. Uh, the principles are all gone now. But yeah, if they would have lost that court case, you would not see the video game industry as what it is because only Sony could have made games for their cart for their system. Only Microsoft. Yeah. Only Nintendo. Nintendo and, probably and, would have been and, fine. And all of them, you know, even to this day, they still effectively gatekeep the publishing rights. So they, they have third-party developers, but you have to go through the owner of the console to get on there. Exactly. Um, uh, Atari kind of didn't have that model because of the core case. And, yeah, some of them, I remember I had a, quite a few games from a company called iMagic. Yep. That were, that were really, really good. 
Uh, and and you know some, I've played some of those games recently on uh, some of my hand, handheld uh, portable systems that emulate the 2600. A few of those really hold up pretty well. Um, yeah, and uh, there was there was some really great software for it, but there's also some really really well, terrible that's, stuff. Well, that's I mean that's everything yeah. though. I mean to me it was pitfall barnstorming. I know that it has a bad rap, but there was just something about the 2600 version of Pac-Man. It was terrible. It, it caused seizures. The gameplay vaguely resembled it, but I still yeah. loved it. One of my favorites that I remember buying in that the same time I got pole position, and it took me weeks to actually start playing it, was Aliens, which was, mm-hmm. you know, a Pac-Man game, and you're a human running away from the aliens. It scared the crap out of me. It was, it was, I don't know, something about that game just evoked the movie for me. Um, I, you know... It was a seminal moment in history with the VCS, and yes, it's not—it's not even close to being the best-selling video game console of all time. I don't even think it rakes in the top ten anymore. But man, you know, our generation—we saw this thing start. You know, there was yeah. no video games at all when we were born, and look where we are now. And also, as well, Atari was huge in coin ops. Um, yeah, that's you know, they, that's they, where they, they got their start. Well, yeah, but, but, big. But they made some of the seminal coin coin ops as well. Um, you know, asteroids. I loved I loved the vector games they did, which were you know. Mm, I don't the, think uh, they did. Um, did they do asteroids? Uh, I thought they did. Yeah, Atari did asteroids. Yeah. Hmm. I know they didn't do space invaders. No, they didn't. That was um, that was uh, Taito, Taito, no, Taito. Yeah, but yeah. asteroids was definitely an Atari game. <clears throat> they did some uh, great stuff back in the day, that's for sure. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, 50 years, which means, you know, not just 50 years of Atari, but 50 years of the video game industry. And look how, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was the, before the crash, I think, it, I think the, the 1982 revenue for video games was about $3.2 billion, which is a, a colossal amount of money in 1982. Well, that yeah. was when Much- video games actually passed uh, the rest of the entertainment industry movies and music combined still wasn't equal to video games yeah but but then 1983 with the crash it dropped a hundred million dollars of revenue yeah i mean it really was and it was basically because everybody was trying to copy atari they flooded the market yeah there was zero innovation nobody was doing anything different bad games were rolled out i mean uh, you know and, and also, ET is was, you know was the one that gets the yeah. blame, but it was just you know. Well, the, the, yeah, you got to remember there was no there was no internet back then. So no. you, when you were buying a game, you were often choosing it based on what you saw in the box. And let's uh, talk about that for a second because box art for the twenty six hundred was an art form that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it was they had some of the most beautiful artwork on these old boxes. They just did. Yeah, yeah. they would commission you know, professional artists to yeah. do this stuff. Um, to really kind of, well, give a flavor of the ideas behind the game. The problem was, it didn't often re- the ideas yeah. behind the game didn't really stack up to the graphics Mm-mm. in the game. Um, and, and obviously from static shots, well, you can't really tell what the gameplay is like. Mm-mm. You can't tell how responsive it is. You can't tell how repetitive it is. And um, yeah, there's a lot of games that look fantastic on the box and absolutely sucked. Well, um, I remember going to the aforementioned Sears, and they had an Atari 2600 set up. So they had a ColecoVision, too, and I really wanted a ColecoVision so bad. 
Yeah, um, because Collision came bundled with a Donkey Kong, a very good version of Donkey Kong. Yeah, very good. Um, it just looked better, though. I don't know. It wasn't really, but it really looked better to me. Uh, you always want what you don't have, right? Yeah. So I remember going, and you know, the Atari was under this bubble thing, and old TV hooked up to it, and that's where I played Pitfall for the first time. They had Pitfall, and. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that it was a third-party game. I didn't even get the concept, but I remember thinking that, wow, this is... Because if you look at gameplay of Pitfall compared to every 2600 game that was out there before it, it felt like a generational leap. You know, the the color palette, the gameplay, uh, an actual human that seems to be moving correctly. Um, There was some innovation in that game that just blew me away. And barnstorming yeah. was another one. I, I loved barnstorming, the whimsical flying and going through the barns and the chickens. And it was just great. Um, you know, it, it was a fun time. And it, it kind of sucks that Atari really doesn't exist anymore. I mean, there's a company that's, you know, they're holding company. They own all the assets. And, you know, they keep trying to. And I have this Atari 20, uh, this I forget what it's called now, the the new Atari 2600, if you will. Yeah, I think it, it is called the Atari VCS again. Yeah, I've um, got it, and, and it we've talked about it. Yeah. It's not that it sucks, it does. Um, yeah. I, I just, it's not even hooked up right now. And I keep meaning to plug it back in, and but i got to rewire the whole system behind my TV, and I just haven't got around to it. Uh, 50 I, years. I, I, I think, I think uh, yeah, with that vcs they missed the mark i mean you look at what they did for what they for what it, what you have to spend and then you look for the same money you can basically say oh i can get a steam deck which is a handheld system that does all of that but also plays triple a modern titles um and you just i i just think they missed the boat on that the i, I the interesting uh the interesting kind of throwback to that sort of thing i think are these little little experiments that have been done like the uh we talked about the play date before which is the uh, little black and white handheld thing that, that is in some ways kind of similar to the VCS. It's um, I'm in group you know, three still. Yeah, I mean I'm in group two, which apparently shipping now. So I'm hoping to get mine at some point. Um, I hate you. But <laughs> so uh, we can look forward to a review of that. But but these are games that are de- running on a very deliberately nowadays limited device. Um, and the idea is is to bring back that old style gameplay. It even has something like the paddle. It has the uh, crank on the side, so it'd be interesting. Yeah, I want to play that. it. It looks fun, and you know, I, I'm number or I'm uh, October, but that might get moved up because I guess they've uh, increased production on the base model Steam Deck. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, not. They gonna... just they 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 they've been moving. I think they've probably sold about 75 80,000 units so far with the people reckon um i know up until recently they were if you looked at when people had ordered who were getting their steam decks at the current uh, you know roundabout now and they were still on the first day of the pre-orders so um obviously people who ordered in the weeks afterwards are way down the list but they have just announced they've started their they've virtually doubled their production rate and they're hoping to really start working through it now yeah mine um, says your expected order availability after q3 october 2022 yeah. or later yeah so but after q3 is effectively infinitely after october <laughs> so um basically they they have no idea at this point um 
So uh, that is. Uh, I don't mind waiting enough. because I figure no. by then they'll probably work out some of the bugs that I've seen in the first. Yeah, there's a few people. Yeah, you know, a few people had some hardware problems. Um, Nothing for you though. You prob- were good. No, mine was good. Um, some people have complained that the fan has. A, some people have been getting fans that whine at a particularly annoying pitch. Um, some people have had some button problems, and and you know, look, you're always going to get that. And some, you know, there's there's been some shipping problems too. Alexander actually bought one. He bought one. You he, well, he bought a, one on eBay for uh, for an inflated price over over new. But he said said to, he said, well, I've got the money, and I'd like one. Uh, I'd like to be able to play one now. So. Um, he he bought one and he's very happy with it. Well, I wish I had one because I have a place that I can go away from my desk or the living room to actually play video games. Now, we bought yep. um, um, what do you call it? Uh, a gazebo, and right. it's on our deck. It's a big one, and we bought you know a new new furniture and a table and lights and a bug zapper and decorations and. Um, so we've been spending a lot of time on the deck, which I haven't been able yeah. to do for years because the boy dog would pee on everything out there and effectively ruin anything that we put on the deck, which I didn't foresee when we got the damn dogs. Um, the girl, of course, doesn't unless she's doing a handstand. Um, yeah. And so with his passing, we can actually use our deck again. And we've been taking full advantage of it. And I would love to be able to sit out there on a nice cool night and play some video games on a steam deck uh, i've done exactly that in my in my garden when it when the sun goes down and it cools off a little bit um i go and sit on a nice comfortable chair out the back there and play play video games for an hour it's a lot of fun yeah it's, we we uh, we spent way too much money for this area on our deck but i didn't go cheap well i kind of did and here's where ebay comes in I was looking for gazebos, and we've got two places here that sells them. One is called Menards, and you'd have to look it up online. There's a a lady from, uh, I want to say California, moved to Chicago, and they have Menards in Chicago, too. And she had never seen a store like Menards, and she did this video walk around, and she's just, she's blown away. She's like, I can't, this is the most amazing store ever. Um, It really is. It's very, very cool. And they have a huge sec, uh, part of the store where it's seasonal stuff, too. So right now, the seasonal stuff is all patio and outdoor. And eventually, that'll get turned into Christmas. And that lasts for 18 years because um, they put the stuff out there way too early. Um, but we looked at Menards for gazebos. And I found one that was the same size that I wanted. It was only like a little less than 400 bucks, but it was really cheap. And I was like, eh. And then we found one at a place called Lowe's, which is more of a hardware store. Yeah. Um, but they also have stuff like this in a garden center in lumber. And they had one that was about $800, but it was exactly what I wanted. Eh. So I looked on eBay, and sure enough, 325 bucks, I got pretty much exactly the same one that was at Lowe's, cheaper than the one that was at Menards. But when you buy on eBay, mm, you never know what you're going to get. Exactly. So that was kind of a worry, but for three twenty-five, I was willing to take the chance, and it's brilliant. It's exactly what I wanted. Very happy with it. And then I spent five times that for freaking furniture and lights and all that stuff. But you know what? Julie picked out the seats because she's very picky when it comes to seats, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she really liked these particular set. They swivel. They rock. They're heavy. 
So that's what we did. We've been spending a lot of time. She was out there last night painting, believe it or not. Yep. So yep. Have, did you have to do anything to get Wi-Fi coverage out there, or is, mm-hmm. that, is that pretty much covered from inside the house? Well, I've got three Wi-Fi networks in the house at this point. I've right. got the um, the Apple one, which a couple of video games still run on, which I could probably retire at this point, to be honest. I got the one that comes from Comcast. I call that one, if you want to join my network, it's um, BC, well, Battle Creek Police Department, basically, BCPD Narcotics yeah. Unit, or Narcotics Van, um, which so cracks me up. And then I did get a mesh network, and Julie keeps unplugging the one that's upstairs, which ticks me off. But why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there's plenty of like, outlets, but she keeps I'm, unplugging it to plug other things in, and there's empty <laughs> plugs right there. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyways, well, um, so why didn't why didn't you move it to a different outlet and see if she still unplugs it? Because uh, that's the only convenient outlet without me moving something, and I'm well, lazy. They, there you go. Yeah. That's why she keeps unplugging it. Yeah. Um, so solved. yeah, and, and every one of the Wi-Fi's reach the the back. The one that reaches it the best, though, is the mesh, simply because I have um, a hot spot in the kitchen, which is right on the other side of the deck. Yeah. We had my father and Carol over last night, and I made them supper, and that was nice. You know, it, it, it it's nice to have an outdoor area where you can seat six people, you know, so yeah. the kids could have somebody come over, and they there's enough seats for people. That was nice. I liked it a lot. So... So I got myself something new recently that's, uh, it's not really tech, but it's kind of gadgety. Um, and it's related to being out, outside. So, um, as I said, I like to go outside and sit in the back, but um, I also am one of these people, I'm, I'm always hot. Yep. Right? So I like, to have, I like to have windows open. I like to have air moving through. Yeah. So we have a, our house is quite, is quite narrow. And we have, um, at the, in the, the, kitchen diner that's the, the makes up most of the ground floor we have a pair of patio doors at the back that open to the, to the back garden and we have a net curtain up but you still get flies coming in and um a few months ago uh or maybe it was last year i bought for leanne because she hates the flies but she doesn't like fly spray i bought for leanne one of those um electric paddles you know that um you hit with hit the fly within it zaps them yep and she loves that she it's a it's a fun game for her to basically stalk the fly and then nail it with this thing. The it's problem fun. is, the, it is fun. The problem is the kids hate it because it kind of cooks the fly and it there's does. a smell. Yeah. There's a smell. <laughs> they don't like the smell of cooking fly. Well, we've so, got a uh, the the blues you know, ultraviolet yeah. bug zapper. A moth went at the other day, and we literally saw smoke and could smell it cooking. Exactly. Yeah, I I find with the ultraviolet ones that <laughs> just. For some reason, there are some insects that just ignore it. So you know, they don't. They just. They. It's almost like, oh, I see that blue light. Not not going near that. Um, so anyway, so uh, we've had situations in the past where we've gone to find the bug zapper, the bug zap bat, and um, it's missing. And that's because the kids have hidden it because they don't want her to use it. And also, as well, I see her doing this, and I think, you know what? I want to have fun like that. Yeah. So I bought. I bought something called the bug assault. Oh, tell right. me more. And that's spe- that's spelled B-U-G hyphen A hyphen S-A-L-T. And basically what this is, is a it is a um, a rifle, almost like a shotgun, that has a shotgun slide underneath, and you put table salt in it, and then you fire 
a, cl- a, a cloud of table salt at the bugs and knock them out. It uh, knocks them out or uh, kill them? Uh, uh, well, depends how yeah. how well you hit them and how close you get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you, this thing is so much fun because you just feel like a badass because you do the, you rack the slide. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually pretty well, it's, it's not the cheapest thing I've ever bought. I think I paid uh, £40 for it. So it's, it's not cheap for killing bugs, but it's a lot of fun. You just put the table salt in a little hopper in the top, rack the slide. Um, it's got a safety on it and then away. They even do one with a laser sight if, if that's your bag. Um, and then it's you, you against the flies. And what, and what, what I like is that um, not only do you, uh, do you nail the flies with this thing, but very often, depending on where the fly is, um, you can't... You, if you've ever tried to swat a fly in midair, you can't hit things that things that are flying. Yeah, not unless you're a real ninja. But when they settle on something, then then you own them. Um, and often they'll settle on the lights in the in the uh, kitchen, and you kind of hit them with the salt there, and their bodies go flying across the kitchen. It's tremendous fun. It really is. And you, you know, feel like you're in an action movie. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Um, Alyssa. Uh, from the geekiest show ever posted on Twitter that her uh, current iPad's battery is not lasting very long anymore. So she was yep. soliciting advice on which new iPad she can get. She should get. She's yep. looking at the new uh, uh, iPad Air. Yeah. And I suggested that because of the proximity to the next Apple event and knowing when Apple's product releases are, she may be better served to wait to see if maybe an M2 iPad ships this fall. And it's July now, so we're not talking you know, yeah. eight months or anything, which kind of goes against the advice that I usually give people. Buy what you can buy when you can buy it. Don't don't play the waiting yep. game. That's You're going to wait forever. There's never going to be a perfect blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. At this point, I think I would probably wait for an M2 if that's released this fall. Um, what do you think? Worth waiting or just pull the trigger? In fact, I, I just recently replaced my um, iPad Air with an M1 Pro that I managed to find cheap. It was uh, it was on eBay. It was it hadn't been opened, um, and it was it was God, it was about three hundred pounds. Oh, that's not bad. List because it was a uh, it was one with cellular in as well. Ten ten inch screen. Um, uh, yeah, the the ten inch one. I yep. don't want the. Uh, I've had the big ones before, and the big one, and they're really really great, but they are kind of bulky and. That's nightmare. why I don't want to go that route. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, so here's the thing, uh, uh, and yeah, the battery life is much better on this brand new one, obviously, than than my two year old Air. But there was nothing fundamentally wrong with my Air apart from a battery, and I could have had the battery changed, or it wasn't that bad that it was like you know, oh, it only lasts four hours. It was just noticeably less than it was when it was new. I'm having that but same then, issue with mine. Yeah, but then Apple announced this, um, the new version of iPadOS will have this new task interface for multitasking called Stage Manager. And they didn't announce it in the uh, keynote that this was a limitation, but it turns out it will only run on M1 iPads. Which I don't understand, and I can... No overlapping windows and stuff like that you got to have an m1 really because yeah, the original yeah. mac yeah. i could do overlapping windows exactly and there's been a lot with of 512 with 128k yeah. of ram 
There's been a lot of um, air quote explanations from Apple behind this. First of all, they said, uh, oh, it's because the capabilities of uh, Stage Manager, it, what support apps running on a separate screen and everything means you need the M1. And people just went, well, yeah, but you could have a lim- more limited version of Stage Manager on the older chips. And then people were saying that it was to do with virtual memory and you can only do virtual memory on an M1. Um, and people, people went, oh, well, yeah, but... The, the current iPad has multiple apps and it manages without virtual memory. So that doesn't really work. And then there was a, um, and then it turns out that the entry level M1 uh, iPad Pro, or maybe the Air, one of the entry level M1 iPads that has only 64 gig of memory of, of storage doesn't support virtual memory because it only has 64 gig of storage and they don't want to, they don't want to use it up for, um, system stuff when when you might have your uh, your data in there so stage manager and, won't run on that right so well stage manager it turns out does huh. run on that <laughs> funny that isn't it hmm. so you know what obviously what happened is that they were looking at these interfaces and how they wanted to do it and at some point somebody decided you know what we want to make this thing really cool so let's just target the m1s but the problem is they then threw people who two years ago bought a 12.9 inch ipad pro for over thousand dollars they threw that person under the bus by saying oh we know one of the limitations of that pro is it's got great hardware but crappy multitasking um yeah you need to buy a new one yep and it, and it's it's a really really terrible look by apple and I the agree. fact that they've tried to defend it yeah and 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 obviously what they've done is they, they said well you know well uh, we could have two versions of stage manager we could have the m1 version and then we could have the uh, non-m1 version um you know that runs on older hardware with more limited because you know when they're going on like, oh it needs to run six apps at once it's like well no it doesn't that's a choice you've made and on older hardware that can't support that you could make it do less yeah they've obviously decided they don't want to put the effort in to do that well they want to sell hardware they're not making any money with the iPad OS. They make money when they sell the hardware and when they sell apps. Yeah. And that's why they're doing it. There's no yeah, question. The, it's the just problem. a way for them to sell. I don't have a problem yeah. with them saying, you know, you to get this, you have to have the new iPad because we want some. That At least that would be honest. But don't give us technical reasons when the technical reasons crap. don't hold up to. Don't hold up. Yet. Yeah. It, it's, don't I, do that. I kind of do have a problem because the iPad Pro has always been sold as it's as good as a computer the hardware is a good and the 2018 2019 models were the ones where they started saying in reviews yeah and, same and, as a laptop things started saying as fast as a laptop yep. of course the m1s are faster than a laptop right now you can't say what's the point of having it a faster laptop if then the software holds it back and then when they fix the software they don't roll that that fix back to older machines yep it's, you know, and we're not talking five-year-old computers. No. Here. We're talking about two-year-old computers. Exactly. And that's that's really the problem. Yeah, you know, so I'm the sucker. I bought an M1. Not really, though, because for that feature, but for the fact that, actually, I did need um, improved battery life. On well, my, my iPad is, um, I don't even remember which one it is now, to be honest with you. But... I'm I'm starting to get the itch of replacing it myself, and yeah. the reason I gave Alyssa that advice is because that's kind of what I'm doing. I usually yeah. go three, maybe even four years between iPads. I think I've owned four now, um, and if I'm going to get a new one, I'm just going to wait for the M2s or whatever is probably released this year. But I kind well, of also I, want to yeah. replace the iMac with the Mac Studio. I just 
I can't yeah. I can't pull myself to spend two thousand dollars at so um Ugh. on that on they have refurbs Mac Studios available on Apple.com now. So Do you that? might want to look at one of those. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, they, you, they just came out in the last week, so Apple. that'll save you a little bit of money. Um in terms of the M two iPads, I mean yeah, they'll come, but again, the the problem with there's nobody with a current iPad today, even those A twelve Z ones that we've been talking about that won't have this stage manager application. Nobody picks those iPads up and goes, you know what, these iPads are great, but I wish they had more performance. So I, I don't I don't really see the apart from future proofing, I don't really see the drive towards an M two um for an iPad. For me it's about, you know, what will it run today? Um and God forbid that Apple turns around and brings something out next year on the yeah, iPad OS and then says, Oh you need an M two for it. <laughs> there's there's no Mac Studios in Refurb. Right, they, they they have been available. They must have sold out, so yeah. you, you might want to keep an eye out for those. Um, yeah, might, that might be the way to go. Yeah. Oh, well, that's like, if you can get a refurb unit, that's always the way to go from Apple because they're they're like new. They've know, got some pretty good money. deals. They got a refurbished Mac Mini with the M1 chip, eight core, um, five eighty nine. That's usually six ninety nine. That's not bad. Yeah. So. so I think I think you do need to ask yourself what the Mac Studio is going to bring you. I don't know why anybody. Well, I'm not getting the Mac Mini. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> okay. I, but that compared to they have the Space Gray i3 for six seventy nine. Why would you do that? I don't. Yeah. That's that's it, just because, dumb. Because the way the refurb store works is they take the original list price and they knock some money off and then they sell it. Anybody that would buy an i5 now over a, 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 the M1 chip is just you're. Well, I, just unless, dumb. well, there are, there will be people who buy those because they don't know the difference, and there will be people who maybe are running uh, Intel applications that won't run on an M1. So, yeah, I'll give you that. You know, I mean, for the most if you're part. running if you're running Win uh, running Windows VMs, for instance, you've got to have an Intel processor. You can't have a uh, an M1. So um, that that is what it is, but it's just an oddity of the refurb store where they basically they don't sell anything in comparison to anything else. They basically say, well, this was the price now, and we're going to knock certain percentage off, and then we're going to sell it at that. And you do end up with these unusual things where you look at it and you go, well, that's bad value uh, compared to something else. But um, it relies on the uh, the person doing the shopping knowing what they're doing, and unfortunately, sometimes people don't. That's you. Yeah. I mean you. You must see it in in your car business where people come in and they pay over the odds for a vehicle that's not really worth what it's being charged for compared to something else, you know. I mean, right now, used cars cost more than new cars, which is just dumbfounding, but that's the market right now because they're just not producing enough of the old or the new cars. Yeah, the used, used car market in the UK has softened in the last two months or so, I've been told, um, when I've been given quotes for mine. Which is uh, irritating, but there you go. Still waiting for my uh, electric car order. Well, Com- company's dragging its feet. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what you're getting and you know talking about it on a future episode. Spe- speaking yep. of a future episode, we'd love to get feedback from you guys on anything we've talked about here or anything you think we should talk about. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com, or you can go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a comment there or at the mothership mymac.com. You can find us on social media. It's Techman Podcast on both Twitter and Facebook. And uh, David, we will be back next week with a Geeks Pub. 
in uh, Stranger Things. The second part of this new season has dropped. I haven't even looked at it yet, but that's a thing that's going on right now. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about in Geeks Pub and a lot of stuff to talk about here in Future Tech Fans. I'll see you in a week. See you then.